You're listening to the Business in Morocco podcast, the podcast that discusses all things business and all things Morocco. My name is Ryan Mimone, and I'm here with my co-host, Ryan Kirk, and our goal is to share our knowledge and experiences in order to help you gain wisdom, skills, and habits that can help you succeed in business and in life. You can learn more about us by going to our website, moroccopodcast.com. All right, let's get started with today's episode. It's going to be a lovely day. Welcome to episode 22. This week we're going to be talking about English learning methods and resources. But first, let's get an update. Ryan, what's going on? Yeah, I've spent the weekend here in Casa, which was nice. I'm in the midst of doing these team building getaways four out of five weekends. So this was the one that I had at home, which was fantastic. Spent time with the family, spent time reading, recharging, kind of puttering around the house, which I enjoy. And I was able to catch the Moroccan football match against Benin, which was tragic, very, very painful to watch. Kind of mourning that a little bit, but uh, yeah, there's bright hope for the future. What about you, Ryan? What's new? Yeah, I watched that game too, and I can't help but think that the Morocco national team is going to break out at some point. When I was watching the World Cup in Russia, I felt like they were so close to winning all three of those games. Yeah. And now I've seen them in this Africa Cup really being tough, having perseverance and endurance, winning games late. Yeah. Something that doesn't get commented on is how well they're playing defense. Mm-hmm. I mean, they did lose in penalty kicks in overtime, and they had an opportunity to to win on a a penalty kick in regulation, and it hit the post. But they played amazing defense the whole game. Yeah, during the penalties, I felt like, who is this guy? I haven't seen the keeper all match. <laughs> right. And so I think the future is bright for the Moroccan team. But for me, this week, I continue to service my normal clients, uh, doing some more business development here in Morocco and also uh, online with clients back in the States. Been developing a marketing program that's going to sell some information products to help small business owners acquire new customers. And I'm working towards launching that marketing program in the next few weeks. It'll be a combination of online marketing and mail, actually. Um, junk mail is what it's called in the United States. <laughs> it's when you get, uh, you get a, a promotional letter in the mail or a postcard and uh, you throw it in the junk pile. Yeah. However, because of the recent trend around the world of marketing going online, of course, on television, the amount of mail that people get, physical mail, letters, postcards, has gone down dramatically. Yeah. And they're actually seeing higher conversion rates for hard mail. Wow. Advertisements. That makes sense. Yeah. It's gone out of favor, and now you can distinguish yourself by sending someone a physical letter or postcard in the mail because it's somewhat special now. (laughs) As opposed to an email, right? which 
costs fractions of a penny to send and can be sent out to millions of people at the same time. Yeah. Whereas it takes a little bit more effort and a little bit more money to send a postcard. So I'll keep uh, our listeners updated on the progress of that. So is that, um, is that a system or a plan that can be used anywhere in the world? Or are you creating it specifically for a certain context? I am creating it specifically now for the United States because the postal rates are relatively low yeah. and the delivery rates, the reliability is relatively high. Yeah. So I can go online, I can upload a mailing list and I can upload templates for these postcards and they will print all the postcards and mail them. Wow, they print it as well. Yeah. They allow you to design the postcard and then they mail them to the recipients on your list, all for one price. And there's a lot of companies doing this, so the prices are really competitive. Uh, I've looked at the metrics, and in order to break even, I would need four or five postcards to convert to a sale out of every thousand. Wow, yeah, that's a low conversion rate. So I'll keep everybody updated on that. I also continue to look for office space here in Casablanca. I think that I have found the space Mm. and I'll be doing a second look this week for confirmation and potentially sign a lease in the next several weeks. Wow, that's exciting. There will be more to come regarding the space. Uh, It won't be just for me working as an office, but I have plans to make it part co-working space and part startup incubator, meaning for young, talented Moroccans who need a place to work and and have an idea for a business, whether it's a a physical business or an online business, a, a technology business. The business model will be in exchange for workspace and resources. I would get a share of the company. It's very well known in in the United States. They have these startup accelerators or incubators Mm -hmm. where you welcome these startups into your space and you support them with resources and then you get a a portion of the company in return. So I'll be looking at that uh, in the next several months as well. That's cool. All right, let's get into the topic of the day, which is English learning methods and resources. Ryan, you've lived here in Morocco for a few years. You've been producing English content. What have you learned about English as a second language, and what can you share with our audience? Yeah, I've, I've been in this multilingual environment for the last five years. So I have been intentionally trying to learn language myself, um, starting with French, trying a variety of different methods and resources, and then now starting to dabble in Derija and working on learning Derija as well. But then also just interacting with a lot of people who speak English as a second or often third language. Almost all the students in my class, it's not their native tongue. And so I've seen some of the different experiences they have and the varying levels of success. Um, there's a lot of different methods, but the, the most ideal is the idea of immersion. 
So the more that you can just immerse yourself, just completely surround yourself with a language where it's, it's what you hear, it's what you need to use daily, and the more aspects of your life that are infiltrated by this language, the faster you acquire it and the, the higher level you, you reach. So obviously, the people that you meet who speak the best second or third language probably lived in an environment. They probably lived somewhere where that was what they had to use because it just rapidly accelerates your progress. So if I want to improve in French, the best thing I can do is put myself in a situation where I have to use it, like take a job where I need to speak it or people are speaking to me in it. It's going to be really challenging at first, but my acceleration will be will be the best. I completely agree. To the extent that you practice, you will improve. Mm -hmm. And immersion is the best way to practice. It forces you to listen, to read, to write, and to speak in the language that you are trying to learn. One of the downsides of immersion is it's very uncomfortable yeah. all the time. Yeah. And it can be exhausting because your brain is literally changing. Initially, when we learn language, there's a, a chemical change in the brain. Your ability to speak the language is, is a chemical change in the brain. And that's short-term memory. But in order for language to, to take root in your brain and become second nature, so that you don't have to think about it before you speak, that chemical memory has to turn into physical memory. And that takes time and it takes effort and it takes repetition and practice. So some of the best methods for learning a language, whether it's English or French or any other language, is to do it every day. Read every day, write every day, watch videos with subtitles every day, listen to the language from native speakers every day. Put it on your calendar. We've talked about this in the past. You do what is on your calendar. People get done what is scheduled. For example, this podcast that we're doing right now, it's scheduled. Mm -hmm. It's on our calendars. We have set aside the time to do it. And if you're serious about learning English or any other language, you need to set the time aside each week or each day to practice. Yeah. Yeah, it's very true. Right now I have about six hours a week that I'm devoting to learning the Rija. And the only reason why I've improved is because it's a set appointment. I have a, a private tutor, which not only is it scheduled, but there's some accountability there because it's an appointment with somebody so if I scheduled, you know, to study by myself, well, that's one point in the right direction, scheduling it. But without an appointment, I lose some of the accountability. And when I have a really busy day or something comes up that I wasn't planning, there's a real temptation to push it off, to let that appointment, since it's only with myself, get rescheduled for something that seems to be more urgent at the moment. Because learning language is one of those tasks that's important but not urgent. There's no dramatic consequence if I don't do it today. However, those things add up over time and if I continue with it little by little, I'll reach my goal of being able to speak and 
and understand. Formal training, formal language learning is a good option for people if you can afford it and you have the time. Mm -hmm. It may not be a viable option for everyone to be able to pay a tutor or to be able to pay a school to learn. And one of the alternatives is to find a mutually beneficial relationship. Let's say you're a Moroccan and you're fluent in Darija or French. Find someone who speaks English or any other language you want to learn who also wants to learn French or Arabic. And then put it on the calendar to meet with that person every week and spend half the time speaking the language you want to learn and half the time speaking the language they want to learn. This is something that I did when I was in France. I met a young actor who wanted to audition for roles in movies and TV shows as a fluent English speaker. And we spent hours and hours every month speaking English and French so that he could develop the accent of a native English speaker. And it was mutually beneficial because I wanted to practice my French as well in a safe environment in which I could ask questions and make mistakes without being embarrassed, mm -hmm. which is another obstacle to learning language, the fear of making mistakes and embarrassing yourself. Every time you make a mistake, that puts a bookmark in your mind of, oh, that's wrong, and now I know what the right answer is to that question or the right way to pronounce that word. Yeah. I have many words and phrases like this in my brain in French where I know what not to say because I made an embarrassing mistake in the past. Yeah. But you have to you have to go through that process yeah. in order to be, become fluent. Yeah. Are you looking for books in English in Morocco? Well, search no more www.englishbooks.ma is a new Moroccan online bookstore specializing in English books. Order from a huge selection of more than 100,000 titles that can be delivered all over Morocco. The website features an express delivery section which offers titles guaranteed to arrive at your door in three days or less. Many of the books we have recommended on this podcast are available so check out EnglishBooks.ma and start shopping and reading. Now back to the show. Yeah, both my wife and I have already some embarrassing stories of mistakes we've made both in French and Darija. And it's true, it helps you at least pause before getting to those words, if not uh, make sure you've, you've got it right this time so you don't repeat that mistake. It's very true. You can find people who are looking to learn French or Darija, you can find them on Facebook. There are many different types of people. There are Americans or Canadians or Brits or Australians who are working in Morocco for foreign companies. And either they or their family members want to learn French or Arabic. There are expats who are working at universities or at places like the American School or George Washington Academy or SIST, other English-speaking universities. Mm -hmm. Those workers or their family members want to learn the local language. Yeah. Because to be quite honest, if you can only speak English in Morocco, 
you're going to have a hard time living here yeah. because so many people don't speak any English at all. And you're not going to make a lot of friends and you're not going to be able to go about your daily life without being able to speak Dorisia or French. And so there are people out there who are willing and eager, they are motivated to spend time learning French or Arabic, and I'm sure they would be happy to help you learn English as well. Yeah, I mean, that's the reason why we have our kids in a French school, because we want them to be able to play at a local football club or go to scouts or go to birthday parties, make friends, and they study Arabic as well so that they can interact at the, the marché or with someone else they meet on the street so they don't feel isolated by just being limited to English. And you're right, I, I was at a party last weekend, met a family from Paris, and the husband's working for a bank here, but the wife is taking Derija classes. You know, she speaks fluent French, she speaks fluent English, but they live in Morocco now, and she recognizes, I need to learn some Derija, so at least I can hold conversations, I can do business in the Marche, whatever I need. And so there's an opportunity there. If somebody could tutor her and teach her the local language, she'd be happy to pass on her French or her English. Ryan, what are some pitfalls to avoid when learning English? What are some bad habits or some things that you've learned that that people do when they're learning English that are not that effective or maybe a waste of time or money? I think there needs to be a balance between legalistic structure of a language and the way people actually speak it in real life. I know I'm part of a few Facebook groups that contain students, English students, and so they really need to go deep in studying the rules of English and grammar. And sometimes I'll debate them and tell them that's not how we say it. And they might, they need to choose, do I learn English to get marks on an exam or do I learn English to use it in the real world? Because as a native speaker, I can't always tell them what the teacher's going to ask them on an exam. There's probably grammar rules and, and names of things that I don't even know. But I can tell you, if you speak like that, people will know instantly that it's not your first language. So I think we need to know rules of grammar, and different languages have stricter rules or less strict rules. But there needs to be a balance of how is the language actually used on the street? Yes, last year, as a method of discovering the market here in Morocco, testing methods of marketing, advertising, customer acquisition, I developed a business English class. I don't feel especially motivated to be an English teacher, but I wanted to teach business and I was going to do it in English. And for me, it was an exercise in understanding how do you reach people here in Morocco through Facebook, through Google, through LinkedIn? Are there other methods and, and will this work? Yeah. And so I did my research into the available English schools here and tutors. I found out what the going rate was for English tutors, whether it was private or in a classroom. and. I talked to students about what they liked about various schools and what they didn't like. So I designed my class to meet the needs of the students and avoid the things that they didn't like. Mm -hmm. For example, 
I think it's a bad idea to pay a school to attend a class that has a lot of students, 20 or 30 students. I think that's mostly a waste of time because most often those schools, it's cheap. They don't charge a lot. But the way they make money is by having a lot of students in the class, which means you're not going to get a lot of individual attention and you're probably not actually going to practice speaking very much. Those classes also tend to not start on time. (laughs) So they may be advertising a three-hour English class, but it starts a half an hour late. Mm -hmm. And then an hour into it, they take a half an hour break. So of the three-hour class, you spend an hour not actually speaking. And then since there's so many students in the class, you don't actually get to practice that much. So I would caution our listeners about paying for these classes that have a lot of students and are at these bigger established schools because it can be a waste of time and a waste of money. And often they just follow a book that may not be relevant to the type of of English you're trying to learn. There's a cost involved, but obviously the more specific individualized attention you can get, the more benefit, which is why your idea of exchanging language is a great way because it can be one-on-one or two-on-two, but since you're both offering each other something, there's no money exchange, so it's a way around that, uh, that cost inhibitor. Let's talk a little bit about resources for learning English. Of course, we'll start with the best one, which is this podcast. hey You can go to moroccopodcast.com and watch all of our episodes on video with the subtitles. This is an excellent method for improving your comprehension, is to read the subtitles of an audio file or read the subtitles of a movie to help you associate the sounds with the words. Right. So our episodes are about 30 minutes long, but it takes probably close to 45 minutes plus to go through the transcript and just make sure that Google has corrected the right words or has transcribed the right words. Now, we don't worry about the grammar. We're not capitalizing words or putting punctuation or periods and commas, but all the words that we're saying are going to be there. And the reason why we take the time to do this is... Partially for SEO on our website, we want search engine optimization. But the second reason is to provide that as a service, that we recognize there be listeners that don't have the same level of English. We may use an expression that you're not familiar with, or we might get excited about the topic and start speaking too quickly. And so the ability to go on YouTube and to pause it, or to download the transcript from our website and just scroll along as you're listening, will really help you pick up each and every single word, which is a huge help when learning a language. We'll put all these resources on our website on the resources page. One that I can recommend is called EspressoEnglish.net. There are trainings on the website that involve audio and video and reading. The creator of this website has really taken the time to create lessons that can improve your English quickly and your ability to interact in certain ways in certain aspects of life in English. And you have the ability to 
to go through the trainings and select different paths based on your needs. Yeah, I'd also love to put in a plug for DAR America. So for those of our audience that are in Casablanca, this is an incredible resource uh, where you can go and attend events that are delivered by both foreigners and Moroccans, but all the events, all the topics are presented in English. They are doing events all the time, almost daily, on a variety of different topics, so you can find things that interest you. But then as well, everyone in the crowd is motivated to speak English, to learn English, to use English. And so even as you meet other students or other professionals in the audience, you can make friendships with those that are wanting to learn, wanting to practice. And there's a real mix of foreigners and locals and those who are studying and learning and those who are already fluent. And so that's a great resource to further your level. You've been listening to the Business in Morocco podcast. My name is Ryan Kirk, here with my co-host, Ryan Maimon. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe and leave us a five-star review on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Download our entire library of podcasts on our website, moroccopodcast.com, where you'll also find extra resources related to each episode in the show notes, including a transcript of the show. If you've got a question or topic you think we should cover on the podcast, fill out the form on moroccopodcast.com or email us at ryan at moroccopodcast.com and we'll give you a shout out on the show. Our theme music is Lovely Day by Bill Withers, used under Creative Commons, and we hope you'll have a lovely day doing business in Morocco. We'll see you next time.